Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking to Dr. Whitney Cazares. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you back. If um, anyone out there recognizes uh, Whitney's voice, it is because she has been on the podcast before talking about the baby blueprint. Um, And I brought her back. And today we're going to be talking about winter with uh, infants and toddlers specifically, but really all kids. Um, But the a listener actually reached out and was like, I moved from California up north and (laughs) I'm feeling a little out of my depth uh, in how to get, you know, these babies through winter. So um, I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, Before we get into winter, let's talk a little bit about your background and... um, yeah, just your your interactions with kids in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a, a private practice pediatrician in Portland, Oregon, and I take care of kids ages newborn to, you know, young adulthood here, <laughs> all the ages. And I, I have definitely to- saw my pediatrician for a long time. Yeah, it goes on forever and ever and ever for a lot of kids, which is totally fine. It's good. We want to wrap our arms around those kids and make sure they're okay. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also the founder of Modern Mommy Doc, which is a website that focuses on helping moms to win at parenting without losing themselves. And I'm excited because I have a new book that's coming out with the American Academy of Pediatrics in March called The New Baby Blueprint. Um, And then um, we're working on a book about working moms too. So lots of really fun stuff in the works. That is, that's all very fun. I'm so excited. And um, I, your book really, really helped me. Um, This, I'm in a nanny share. And when I started, uh, the kids were four months and seven months. And um, that was the youngest that I had really worked with. And so your book really helped a lot. So thank you. Oh, good. Yeah, (laughs) of course. 
Um, and then, so let's talk about winter. Um, I looked some stuff up, which I probably didn't even need to do because you're an expert, but, um, it's my way. Um, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, so how cold is too cold for an infant or a toddler to go outside? Okay. So a couple things I want to chat about with this. So first of all, I feel like the coldest I've ever been and that my kids have ever been have been on, I've, I have two kids, three-year-old and a six-year-old have been when we've been on vacations actually in places like California because I have not dress them appropriately. So I dress them in like a couple thin layers. I'm from California originally too. So I understand like being in warm weather. And then I lived in Vermont for four years in medical school. And when I was there, every single person would bundle their kids and bundle their babies appropriately and bundle themselves appropriately. So most of this is about you actually just putting your kids or the kids that you are nannying in appropriate clothes as opposed to not going out at a certain temperature. Because I mean, in Vermont, it gets to like negative 10 degrees, you know? Um, I will say though, that when you have a newborn baby, so a baby that's less than 30 days of life, I would recommend trying to limit their exposure just to the elements, either extreme heat or extreme cold, just in general, right? So you might have to put that baby in a car seat to take them to the doctor's office because they need a weight check, but I would not be running around to like Starbucks with this baby if possible, (laughs) if it was super duper cold. So there isn't an exact temperature. It's more just about assessing what's the mother like and then dressing them accordingly. Yes. And I um, will say that part of my nanny philosophy is that um, I like to teach kids, um, even from a really early age, that we can really go out in any weather. It is about how we're dressed. And so I think that that's an important lesson that it's not like, oh, it's a rainy day. We have to stay inside. It's like, no, we're choosing to stay inside or we're choosing to put on our rain boots and our raincoats and go splash in puddles, you know? Yes, um, 100%. Yes. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I think uh, focusing on the gear is really good. Um, so what are some signs of, let's take hypothermia first. What are some signs of hypothermia hypothermia that uh, nannies can look out for? Yeah. So hypothermia is when a kid's temperature falls below normal because they've been exposed to colder temperatures. And when you have hypothermia, usually you act lethargic, which a lot of people use lethargic kind of uh, flippantly. I use lethargic like you're so sleepy. I could poke you with a stick. You don't even care. Like super, super tired. Uh Uh, And then clumsy. So they can sometimes act like they don't know what they're doing. Like they kind of like act like they're like a drunk person type of deal. (laughs) Their (laughs) sleep can get each can get slurred and then their body temperature, like they feel actually physically cold or they look like they're gray or blue in their face or their extremities. Awesome. So yeah. So if you are outdoors and uh, a kid is is acting really lethargic or uh, extra clumsy or slurring their words, um, I just encourage you if it's cold outside 
to not assume that like, oh, you're just tired. We're going to go in in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And, and in fact, if that happens, I mean, you got to like, if you really think a kid has hypothermia, mm-hmm. for sure, if like they're acting a little bit off and you're like, oh, they seem a little cold, then like just go warm them up. But honestly, it can be like an emergency situation where you need to call 911 to actually get help. Okay. Good to know. Um, and, and how about frostbite? What are some signs of frostbite that we can look out for? Yeah. So frostbite would be that fingers or toes are numb, like completely where um, a kid can't feel their fingers or an adult can't feel their fingers or their, or their uh, hands uh, where they start to actually become um, really, really pale or again, kind of blue at those tips mm-hmm. um, or where there's like a searing pain. Those are all signs of really bad frostbite or color really changing at the tips of the fingers. If we think that they have frostbite, what should we do? So if you think they have frostbite, I would take off any wet clothing. That's number one, because a lot of times frostbite will happen because it's like their fingers got wet from the snow or whatever. And then now they've gotten even colder from that. So first things first, take them inside, take off their wet clothing, and then wrap their extremities in warm blankets in warm towels. Okay. That's good to know. And then what, what are signs that we need more, um, serious action? Like I, I know that we would, uh, at least I, as a nanny would definitely reach out to a parent, uh, as soon as I suspected that they had frostbite, but at what point do we need to like call 911? Yeah. So if a, a person's skin is becoming like pale gray blistered, um, or the baby says that their, or the person says that their skin is burning, that is no, no good. <laughs> um, yeah. And so those are the main things that would make me say like, okay, or if it's numb for more than a few minutes, like you're doing all the things I just talked about, but they're still numb that's no good. And you also can put frostbitten parts of body in warm water. You don't want it to be hot water. You want it to be like the temperature of most like warm bathtubs type of deal. Yeah. Okay. Um, Good to know. Um, So we talked about uh, how wearing the right gear to go out is crucial, but um, I know that since you have two children, you also know how difficult it can be to get um, tiny kids to keep their gear on. Um, Do you have any any tips for encouraging kids to keep all of that gear that's going to keep them nice and cozy on? Yeah. So for the little, little babies, there are gloves and mittens that have like a zip up component that go pretty far up the wrist or to like the forearm even. And that probably is the most effective or the zip up um, like uh, jumpers where they can be in it. I can't think of the right word. Snowsuits, snowsuits. Yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah, where you could actually put your hand like all the way in it. It's all one continuous piece, yeah. so that that way you're not kind of messing around with that. Um, hats are harder, but if you have their hands in that mitten contraption, that it's going to be harder for them to get their hats off. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, those are all really great. What about um, like toddlers? So they're a little older and probably like a snowsuit isn't gonna 
Totally. So for the toddlers, I mean, a lot of that is going to be about, first of all, bringing the gear with you. So you have it with you, you start out with it maybe, and then you keep carrying it around and I keep on checking it in like you cold now. Cause I do think that unless we're talking about like extreme temperatures, if it's just a little chilly out, most kids actually will tell you when they're cold and when they want to put something on. Um, I also think dressing kids in layers can be helpful um, where you're going to have them in several thin layers as a bunch of thick layers. Because if I think about it for myself, I don't really want to go around dressing in thick layers. It feels much more comfortable just to dress in thin layers. And that's easier for them to take off like every single piece of clothing. If you have them in multiple thin layers, you can catch it faster, you know? Yes. Before they get too <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great advice. And also for um, the car dressing in thin layers, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, but dressing in thin layers is better for a car. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any, uh, tips or tricks for like, once they're old enough to uh, really understand language and things, uh, for, uh, helping them get excited about getting dressed? Yeah. I mean, I think that for my kids, they always were totally willing to wear the gear if they knew something fun was going to happen as a result of wearing the gear. I'm a huge believer in just natural consequences for kids and like natural positive reinforcement. So being like, hey, we get to go inner tubing and in order to inner tube, we need our gloves on. You know what I mean? I mean, that is so much more exciting than like put your gloves on or else. I mean, I really think that our kids respond so much more to the positive thing they're going to get to do as a result of having the gear on and just saying, this is what everybody does when they do it. This is part of whatever it is, sledding, cross-country skiing, whatever are the different parts. Yeah. And um, something that actually two different things that have been helpful for me um, is, and I, I can't remember where I learned this, um, but I bet it was from a nanny friend of mine, um, is saying, I'll know you're ready when. So I'll know you're ready to go and play outside when your gloves are on or when your hat is on. So then it's less of a battle of like, you have to put your hat on. It's like, no, you don't have to put your hat on, but I'll know you're ready to go outside once your hat is on. Totally. And that gives a kid more ownership, right? Then they can decide if they want to go outside or not, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other trick, which this I know I learned from my nannies, is if you put a child's coat out upside down in front of them, so like the hood would be pointed towards them, um, and they put their arms through the armholes and flip it up over their head, they can put on their own coat. And teaching my little almost two-year-old toddlers that I'm with, that trick has made getting out the door in Chicago in winter, because we're already there, even though it's technically fall, um, so much easier because they get excited. I set up their boots and their coat and they can put both of those on by themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. I interviewed uh, with a guy who wrote a book called Raising an Organized Child. And that actually is part also of helping our kids get organized with their thinking. I mean, if you can help a kid understand, like you put the boots out, you put the coat out, you teach them how to do it. And then instead of being like, 
like, did you put your boots on? Did you put your coat on? Did you do the things? And you can say, like you said, I'll know you're ready when you have all your gear on. Or making even like a little checklist for these are the things we need to do when we get out the door. And then they can look at the checklist and you can refer back to that. I think that's so much more helpful to our kids actually long-term than us just nagging them into the kids we take care of. Yes. And for kids that um, are more visual, like making a checklist that has just pictures, you know, or if they're too young to read that has like a picture of a coat and a picture of gloves and um, Mm -hmm. is really, really great. We, um, so I take the girls that I'm with to gymnastics and at gymnastics, they have this thing called the monkey bus. And it's like an art, um, like a decal on the wall that is a bus with monkeys on it. Um, and so one of my nanny moms, got a sticker of a bus and a sticker of a monkey and put it next to the door. And so now we can say like, go to the monkey bus and they'll just go sit there and wait. And <laughs> that's it's awesome. Beautiful. So uh, if you can find something like that, I think that's also really helpful because I'll say like, go sit by the monkey bus while I, you know, get your stuff ready um, or, or things like that. And that's really helpful too. If there's like a, holding area. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I find that very helpful. So let's talk car safety because puffy coats and cars do not go well together. (laughs) Yeah. So So the problem with the puffy coats is that the padding, if you end up in a car accident and there's a lot of force on the car seat, it will just flatten out. Mm-hmm. And that leaves a bunch of extra space underneath the harness. So then a kid can actually slip through the straps and be thrown from the seat. So um, also it's just like a slippery material, right? So it makes it so that it's like you're much more likely <laughs> to just slip out of that thing. So um, yeah, so we, the American Academy of Pediatrics doesn't recommend that parents use puffy coats, um, bulky coats um, under a harness of a car seat. And instead they say to do multiple thin layers and then for a baby, making sure that you're not going to have any suffocation risk, but putting a blanket like over the layers of clothes as opposed to the puffy jacket. And then put the puffy jacket on after you're already outside of the car seat. Right. Yes. Um, and yeah, and I, I think that layers are really good too for, uh, like you said, it's hard. <laughs> it's harder. You can catch them earlier if they're taking mm-hmm. off layers. Um, one thing that I read too, a little tip um, in the research that I was reading is if you know that your infant or toddler um, sucks their thumb is to make sure that that's um, the mitten or glove or whatever is away from it because you don't want that to get wet and then take it outside of the car to wherever you're probably going. Yeah. Um, So just to keep that in mind, like, you know, your kids the best. So if you know that they're a thumb sucker, (laughs) give it to them in a way that is not going to get their uh, glove or mitten wet. Um, do kids get sick from being out in the cold? 
So not technically from being out in the cold, unless it was like the hypothermia thing we talked about. So if kids get like really, really cold, then 100% they can get very, very sick and die. But in terms of like they're out in the cold and they feel perfectly warm and they're happy and it's like a little chilly outside, no. So kids get sick, generally speaking, from either their body temperature getting way too cold, as in hypothermia, Mm -hmm. or from them... Uh, getting a virus from somebody else. And, you know, in the winter time and late fall, we just are all together inside with all of our germs. And it makes it so that we are more likely to get sick from each other as a result of that. There's just more human beings in contact with each other, rubbing their snotty noses on each other. Um, In my office, (laughs) we see like sick kids all year round. So people are constantly asking me like, is it you know, um, sore throat season. I'm like, yeah, it's always sore throat season. Mm-hmm. But is it more throat, <laughs> sore throat season in the fall and winter? Yeah, because we're not outside. We're all together um, and we're sharing our germs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really included that question um, just because, you know, adults t- trying to tell me to take a coat because I'll get a cold um, from being in the cold. And I knew that wasn't true. And I just yeah. wanted to hear a doctor say it. That's right. My, my mom still says that to my kids. And like, she's so well-meaning with it. But right. I'm like, mom, I promise they will put a coat on when they are cold. We'll bring it. They'll put it on when they're cold. I'm not going to have this fight. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, when to just drop the rope on the tug-of-war rope. Yes. Um, is key. Um do you have any cold weather activities that you love? Yeah. So when I was in Vermont uh, doing my training, I would have thought that I would have learned. I mean, I knew how to ski from growing up in California. My parents would take us, but I thought that I would have fallen in love with skiing because it's like snow capital of the world and whatnot, but it actually was too cold. My husband and I went once or twice and it was like so icy that I decided that it was a no-go. But what I did do is I learned, we lived at this old like um, army commander fort is where they had all the student housing. Yeah, it was really cool. And they had, yeah, it was like very Vermont. And, um, and they had this whole training ground area. It was like a huge like football field basically that had a track around it. So in the winter, I brought cross country, I bought cross country skis and then I would just go out and cross country ski around basically this track in my front yard oh, as exercise. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's too hard to get to the gym and I'd been out late, you know, for surgery rotations and whatnot. And so I needed some type of exercise. And so it was perfect. So I still love cross country skiing as a result of that. And then I like to snowshoe. Now that I have kids, I haven't done as much of that, but they're just now getting to the age where I feel like we could do more. Some of my partners at work are so adventurous mm-hmm. and they take their kids like everywhere on like backwoods, whatever. Um, I find that I prefer like <laughs> going to like a winter market outside where it's chilly and there's a cup of, <laughs> a cup of hot cocoa type of thing with my kids. Um, but we are going to go ice skating this year with my oldest daughter, which I'm thrilled about. Oh yeah. That will be so fun. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. Yeah. I just, I, I love seasons and, <laughs> um, the fact that, you know, we get to do something for a, an amount of time and then we move on. And I, so I love knowing what cold winter activities people like. Um, are there other things to be aware of when it comes to staying safe and healthy throughout the winter? 
I think the big thing, you know, is preparing ahead, right? So thinking about forward thinking, thinking about what will the situation be like for these kids? Will they be miserable? Will this be a good activity, bad activity in the end? And what do I need to do to prepare ahead so that that way when we get to it, we're not all wishing that we had gone home and cold and sick and whatnot. So, um, I mean, I don't have like a remote car starter, but I mean, man, if you had that, right, like that's the thing, like with your kids, get that going. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, store the car, the carrier part. If you have an infant or a car seat that you're still bringing along with like the carrier portion, mm-hmm. bring, bring that into the house. So that way it's not cold when you put them into it in the car. Oh, um, wow. yeah. If you have other stuff to put in the car, put the heat on first, you know, first thing, put the heat on, get the kids going with the heat and then put the rest of your stuff in while you're you not know, waiting for everything to warm up. Um, sometimes I'll, when the kids are older, I'll like make sure that I pack like a little, like those little, um, you have like those Thule or other little like thermos mugs of uh-huh. like lukewarm beverage that I'll pack my kids and then first things first, like get them in their car seats and then those in their hands. So that way they're sipping on something warm as they're sitting in the car, getting ready to go. Um, so those are some things that I do to kind of prepare ahead. And then I always bring extra layer and, um, set of clothes for my kids, especially socks. Cause that is the worst when your feet really get really is. cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, the mittens, I try to also, you know, how most of them have those little snappy duhas that you can like yes. attach your clothes. So those I either keep in their own, like locked Ziploc bag in my purse um, and then have them ready to go. And then like, and like super militant about like, they all go back on the Ziploc bag or, uh, or I just, I put the little snap deal, attach it to their jackets when I take off their snap, their puffy coats. And then that way it's like all together. I haven't lost anything when we're ready to get out of the car. Yes. Cause that is, it's, you know, as a nanny too, I feel really badly when, like I lost a shoe last year and I felt so awful. So those are, that's great advice of keeping them. I love the Ziploc idea of just, yeah. like, this is, this is this person's Ziploc and this is this person's. And yeah, totally. And one thing that my nanny taught me, I mean, you don't need extra of everything plus extra of everything. You know what I mean? Right. She was very good at being minimal where, she kept like one pair of leggings, one pair of socks, one pair of like extra mittens. And that way when she went looking for stuff, it wasn't like she had to sift through this huge suitcase full of junk every single place she went. Um, you probably could speak to that more than I can as like a professional nanny, but I feel like I totally pared it down on my outings bags after I met her and after she started taking care of my kids. Yes, yes. And I, uh, we actually have an episode about nanny bags. So <laughs> um, if you're listening to that conversation and are like, oh, I want to know more about that, there is actually an episode about it. So <laughs> um, I, it's early, early, early. I think in the first 10, I want to say. Um, yeah. So that's all really, really wonderful advice. And yes. So, uh, can you share with us where we can learn more about you and your book? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at modernmommydoc.com or on Instagram, which is where I meet up with most of my community. 
at Modern Mommy Doc. And the book is called The New Baby Blueprint. You can actually pre-order it on Amazon right now if you go today. And if you go on our website, we um, have little special like advanced copy things that we're doing to get excited about it. So um, yeah. And all yeah. that information will be down in the show notes. So if you're driving, don't worry. It's there for you. So we end each episode with a cute, funny story. And Whitney has brought one. Yeah. So I remember going with my husband and my oldest daughter, we were actually going cross country skiing with her the one time that we've ever done this with her. Yes. <laughs> it did not end well. And, um, and we're like going around this lake and she's like, I'm cold. And we're like, no, you're going to be fine. <laughs> like, and she kept on taking the gloves off. I mean, this is before I, I understood about having it all be one piece at like the baby and the toddler. And so she's taking the gloves off. She's taking the gloves off. She's taking the gloves off. And, um, and she just kept on doing it. And so we were too deep to like turn around. We had to just keep on going. And so the only part of my body, can you guess that was warm at the time where was my chest. And so I was like, okay, baby, I mean, she's only like a year and a half old or something like that. Like, just put your hands right here on mama. And she, we literally went a mile and a half with her, with my body freezing cold with her just with her little arms right down in my shirt cozy as could be looking back on it it was super hilarious and she was totally fine and I kept her hands warm and no hypothermia so win-win yeah you did it Good job, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thank you so much um for being here and talking with us about this I really really appreciate it absolutely it's my pleasure and thank you all for listening we'll see you in a couple weeks Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com